Okay, standby podcast. We're getting everybody else up to par. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Got a lot I want to talk about today. Uh, is Mel, or I started to say Mel Kiefer a Hall of Famer. Maybe he is a Hall of Famer, you know. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? It's not as cut and dry as one may think. Uh, the Masters, what we could see of consistency. Can we get consistency? Um, we got a new... Uh, pro football player Eddie George takes a job, takes a job at a uh, college when he's never been a coach before. Mel Kuyper's new updated draft. Oh, look, guys, I've got a lot of stuff. A Rod uh, is going to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. Eric Reed, uh, the son of Andy Reed, son charged with uh, DWI. Officially, Jadavion County, second visit to Cleveland. Just a whole lot of stuff. But first, I want to say this. That we are in a time right now, folks, where conventional wisdom is the traditional way of doing things in the world of sports has been thrown out the window. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but how many times have you seen a team go to the Super Bowl and then two years later with a young quarterback in his prime make a trade to get his replacement? And how many times have you seen a college hire uh, a former player in the NFL who has zero, zero, coaching experience, TSU has had some pros. Dominique Rogers, Camardi, to name one. Richard Dent once went to TSU. Tennessee State University's hired Eddie George. And now Kevin Ollie, a former Connecticut basketball coach, has taken a job with overtime, with this overtime elite uh, uh Basketball uh, uh, for for teenagers, uh, fifteen to sixteen years old, getting paid a hundred thousand dollars. That wasn't heard of in America years ago. So we are in a time, folks, where uh, we're trailblazers, we're pioneers. Uh, there, there's just new things that are being tried that's never been heard of. Unconventional wisdom. So. Like I said, everybody, and now Mel Kuyper, now Mel Kuyper has came back and uh, put out an updated draft, and now he has, he has Mac Jones going th third overall. So now we've gotten four and five, including Adam Scheffner from ESPN, but four and five mock drafts that I trust got the 49ers taking Mac Jones. Okay, so they've got uh, just a real quick for, for the players that everybody are, is concerned about, are concerned with, of where they going, uh, where they may be going and whatnot. Let's go over that because I know you want to hear it. I pay for these services, everybody. Yeah, um, now, the Jets could get a haul for number two. Of course, Kuyper still got them taking Zach Wilson, BYU. Everybody knows the worst-kept secret in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence at number one. Like I said, Kuyper now has Mac Jones officially at three. Okay, this is where he's got some uh, projections here that I haven't read before. He's got Miami coming up to four. He's got Miami coming up to four to take not a quarterback, but Cal Pitts from Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, 
He has Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle, going to Oregon at five. And then six, he has Atlanta taking Trey Lance. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. I've been back and forth on this for weeks, guys. Uh, last week, I said it, uh, we, we, we know what the, the number is. In case you don't know what Matt Ryan's number is, in uh, as far as um, salary cap, this is what the general managers and the owners talk about uh, in their meetings, okay? They're saying this guy's dead cap is over $60 million this year. His cap hit is, it's only 26 this year, his actual cap hit. In other words, they couldn't cut him this year. They pay $65 million. That's not going to happen. But if uh, net, it's like $26 million net this year. But Matt Ryan's, Carlos, his dead cap next year would be $40 million. His salary, let me double check this, will be forty-eight. Million dollars. His salary next year, 2022, will be 48. It'll be, be a 48 million dollar cap hit next year. If they cut him, it's 40 million dollars in dead cap. Or if they trade him, it's 40 million dollars in dead cap. And then it, now, if they hold him to 2023, Matt Ryan, it, it's, a, it's a 15 million dollar dead cap. Now, I've been thinking a lot, of, a lot about this, okay? Now, Mel Kuyper's got them taken trading with down uh, with, with Miami. Miami taking the great Trey Lance, who's supposed to be great, and I think he probably would be uh, if it went in the right situation. And they've got he's got Atlanta. He's still standing firm. Atlanta's going to take Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, okay? And... Now, Arthur Blank, Arthur Blank, as soon as he fired the previous coaching staff, he let it be known, Carlos, in public, he's the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, that they can have the free reins to do whatever what they want to do with Matt Ryan. So he's aware of the Matt Ryan salary cap situation. So if, if, if I'm understanding this right, recapping this, You've got Matt Ryan, uh, Arthur Blank being okay with playing out the Matt Ryan situation. Now, if you want to win, and you're trying, and you're and you're thinking about long term winning, and you're patient, and it sounds like Arthur Blank is willing to be patient with the general manager and Arthur Smith. So, uh, Arthur Smith is the head coach and the general manager. If that is true, Carlos. I would be okay with uh, them signing uh, because they're not going to get back in four. Again, if you're planning on winning, you're not going to get that high draft pick is what I'm saying, okay? You're not going to get that high draft pick. And Mel Kuyper makes a really good point. He says other quarterbacks with 20 or few college starts, which is, by the way, it's it's, it's Justin Fields, a 17 and it's Trey Lance with 17. I think it's 22 for Mac Jones. But this, listen to this, Carlos. Uh, First-round players with 20 starts or less taking. Uh, Mitch Trubisky with 13. Cam Newton. Dwayne Haskins. Mark Sanchez. Kyler Murray. And Ryan Tannehill, who was a receiver-turned-quarterback. So only two of those have really proven to do something. Cam Newton won an MVP. Uh, Sanchez, uh, you can, I don't know, do you want to call him a bust? They got to the AFC Championship game. He never got his full potential. But Mr. Bisky's a bust, and Dwayne Haskins looking that way. But Kyler Murray did win Rookie of the Year. And now Ryan Tannehill's found second life with Tennessee. So Mel, Mel's got a good point. Uh, the other thing is, what, what, Atlanta needs more than anything, folks, is a big-time pass rusher. They need a uh, – I wouldn't say O-line is more than they need defense. They, they were one of the worst defenses in the league. They got better with Raheem Morris being the interim head coach. I get it. But they need defense pretty bad up front. 
But, but this caliber of talent at four on the defensive side is not that highly rated from any of the, the mock drafts I've read or listened to, uh, Carlos. So there's no Khalil Mack in this draft. There is no Von Miller out of um, out of Denver. There is no Aaron Donald level of player who plays for the Rams in this particular draft. However, they've got good corners, but you really want to get like a big impact pass. They really need about four or five defensive players. They're not going to be able to get that. The cornerbacks are more from eight, 10, and down. They could use a cornerback. They can use a Patrick Sertan, a Kayla Farley, uh, the guy from South Carolina, this Trace guy from South Carolina. They could use all that. So if and, and of course Cal Pitts. Now they've got a pretty good tight end. So they, they would have Cal Pitts, uh, the other tight end they have on the roster, the guy that they got from um, they got from Baltimore last year with their uh, running game. That would be tremendous for for Atlanta offensively. And then you've got Julio, Calvin Ridley, and then you've got the other the third receiver there. But that being said, at Four, they could afford to lose Pitts. I wouldn't lose any sleep if they took Pitts because he's that high of a caliber of prospect overall. But if you're really thinking ahead with with the uh, the Atlanta Falcons, you you get this guy. You can hold on to him for two years. Matt Ryan, folks, has made over two hundred million dollars, and he's got a good attitude. He, he's the kind of guy that would he understands this is a business. I can see a guy like a um, Trey Lance from North Dakota State learning from a Matt Ryan and ultimately, ultimately playing with uh, playing under Arthur Smith. I was totally, totally off filter about Arthur Smith. Uh, when I first met him, uh, when I first uh, became to know him as a offensive coordinator. But he's done wonders with Ryan Tannehill and this offense here in Tennessee. Uh, this guy, uh, his dad is the founder of FedEx. This guy's coached offense and defense. And the Atlanta Falcons hired a great defensive coordinator who I wanted Tennessee to bring back in DPs. So they're going to be better defensively. They just don't quite have the personnel. But you get a guy like Trey Lance. This guy uh, has a very aggressive play action, uh, attack, attack, attack offense, uh, and Arthur Smith. Uh, at one time, Ron Tannehill had the best, Tennessee had the best red zone offense in the league for about a year and a half. And, of course, ideally, yeah, you would like to trade down and get several defensive players. Atlanta needs three, four, five defensive players to compete. I think if they make the right moves, they may be able to compete with Tampa next year. Tampa's a little bit older team. So uh, if, if they take Cal Pitts, I'm not going to lose any sleep. But that being said, if they take Trey Lance and Arthur Smith has said, I'm going to be patient here because we know we're going to have a cap problem with Matt Ryan over the next two years, then next year is going to be the worst for dead cap. But it's $48 million you're paying him, and it's forty if you cut him. So which one do you want to do? Pick your poison with Matt Ryan? So either way, uh, it, it, hey, Trey Lance picks up on the offense and he wants to go ahead and do it. I would be okay with that too. Now, Jamar Chase, he's got uh, – going back to Kuyper's updated – He's got the wide receiver at LSU, Jamar Chase, going to Detroit. Uh, they're going to need all the help they can get. Uh, now, he's got Carolina. Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, Carlos, you mentioned offensive line. Now, if they could take this Rashawn Slater uh, to help out with uh, Sam Darnold there. Uh, he's an offensive lineman. He's a guard slash tackle out of um, – uh, he's a guard slash tackle 
out of um, uh, Northwestern, that would be good for Carolina. Now, Carolina, uh, if it's up to me, Pickles, I would probably take – they can't stop the run. I would probably take Parsons, Michael Parsons, the middle linebacker uh, that could move all run over the place from Penn State. They need to build their defense up a little bit. They've got a decent offensive line. They're in the middle of the road there. Uh, this this is a really good – this Matt Rule, really good coach for uh, a quick release. Sam Darnold's a pretty athletic guy. He's, he, he is uh, – he's more athletic than the quarterback they had, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I do not agree with taking Devontae Smith with uh, Carolina at eight. I'm reading uh, the, the teams that are in question – for trades and possible quarterbacks, and he's got Micah Parsons going to Denver at nine. Now, I'll say this. If, if Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts, I'm almost for certain that Trey Lance will probably be a Denver Bronco. Uh, I'm almost for certain that he'll, he'll be a Denver Bronco. Yeah, now, uh, Carolina... Now, remember, they've, they've got a really good running back in McCaffrey there. They've got a pretty good tight end there that Bridgewater underutilized. They've got Moore, DJ Moore, great young receiver there. And, of course, they've got the former Jet player, Carlos. Uh, was it C.J. Anderson? A guy can get down the field. Well, uh, Robbie Anderson, excuse me. Robbie Anderson, they get down the field. So they, they're not that bad offensively. They couldn't stop the run. They need some help at corner. If they took one of the corners, I'd be okay. But this Parson guy, they really got ran on like nobody's business last year because I play fantasy every week. I know where they stand at. Uh, so he does not have Denver making a move uh, at, at nine. And then at 10, he has a trade here with the Patriots. I know you guys are concerned about this. With the Patriots, uh, with that, uh, the Patriots trade up to 10 with Dallas, and they take Justin Fields. I think that would be ideal. If you're saying Fields don't have a work ethic, if he has work ethic, Robbie Anderson, yeah. Uh, if he has work ethic issues, if he has work ethic issues, it will be sought out in New England. It will be sought out in New England. Uh, I, ideally, I, I would like to see Justin Fields not go in his home state if he's got work ethic issues. He needs to focus more. Go with a Cam Newton. Cam Newton can tell you what not to do as a pro. And work with the Josh McDaniels and ultimately work with Bill Belichick. So, yeah, Justin Fields, they uh, let him sit under Cam this year and move this guy in. Maybe Cam gets banged up and then – uh, so ideally, that's where I would want Justin Fields to fall. And I would like to see either Trey Lance go to Denver, but I prefer him to go to Atlanta. I prefer him to go to Atlanta. I don't know what to do. I'm just not sure about Vic Vangio. I know uh, I know Denver's going to be uh, – they've got a decent defense. They've got a fair squad overall, uh, fair roster, if you ask me. Running back, offensive line. Uh, defensive pieces. Drew Locke is not the guy. Uh, they're going to make a move somewhere. They're going to make a move somewhere. But I'm not sure if Lance, if they could get the most out of Trey Lance. I'm just not sure about that coaching staff. So they, these are interesting. And, of course, Giants, Carlos, uh, Jalen Waddle, Alabama uh, player. Remember, he came back from a pretty serious injury. And the Eagles are taking Patrick Sertan. Chargers, Rashawn Slater. He's the, he's the guard tackle out of Northwestern. Uh, now, they don't have any uh, – I've talked about this too, Minnesota Vikings. Nobody else is talking about Minnesota. Minnesota, they can do away with Kirk Cousins next year. Could Minnesota have a situation where they take in a Justin Fields or, um, or Trey Lance? They are at 14. They are ahead of New England. So there's a possibility nobody's talking about this. That's why I'm best, you know. But there's a possibility Minnesota is going to do that. I know that Zimmer, 
the head coach there is on the hot seat coming into this year. Keep that in mind. He is on the hot seat coming in this year. Yeah, Pickles, I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, uh, and he's saying uh, Cowper's got J.C. Horn. He's a rising star cornerback out of South Carolina going 15 to Dallas. And let me say this. I know there was a report the other day that Dallas was interested in Kyle Pitts. It would be a great pick. They've already got one tight end. They've got two receivers. But they can't stop anybody. If you're a Cowboys fan, you want them to hang tight at 10 if they can trade down to 15 and get up another, get a third round pick from New England. I'm definitely okay with that and get a, um, what is this guy's name? JC Horn. That is um, Joe Horn's son, Pickles, Carlos. That's Joe Horn's son. Used to play for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, his his son is playing really well out of South Carolina. That would be really good. If you could trade down five spots, get another third-round pick, that would be ideal rather than taking a cow pitch. You can't stop anybody, Dallas Cowboys, okay? And uh, Caleb Farley, Arizona. I'm trying to see if there's any more quarterbacks. He's got uh, Miami taken. Uh, I think this guy's name's Kitty Payne. Quitty. With T. Payne, a defensive end out of Michigan, he's getting a lot of publicity right now. So if Miami can get Cal Pitts and Payne out of Michigan, they will have a great first round. Washington, there's nothing going on at quarterback there. Uh, Chicago's taking a tackle out of Oklahoma State. So uh, there's not really any more quarterbacks, according to Mel Kuyper, going in the first round. Okay, there was a retirement yesterday. Uh, Julian Edelman, you know, and I'll say this, the guy, before I say what I'm going to say, he was a quarterback. He was a, uh, uh, quarterback turn wide receiver from Kent state, really an over receiver. Uh, yeah, you know, return punts. He, they used him in the passing game as a quarterback pass, but all this talk about this, uh, Clay Travis, out of Chicago here, thinks that, or out of Chicago, out of here out of Nashville, thinks that uh, Edelman should be a Hall of Famer. Colin Cowherd thinks Julian Edelman should be a Hall of Famer, and I disagree with both of them. Okay? So, it's funny thing. The first thing I thought about was, okay, what about receivers? Because everybody's talking about Julian Eben, 1,442 yards in the playoffs. He's second only to Jerry Rice and catches in yards, okay? So I was looking at this guy, Warren Sharp, and he put down a screenshot, if I can find it. It may be it. Okay, he put down... Comparisons to another wide receiver who, uh, by the way, Julian Edelman won a Super Bowl MVP. All right. He played 10 years with Tom Brady. Keep that in mind. Take Check check that in your mind. Check that in your mind, okay? Played 10 years with Tom Brady, uh, 11 years total, and this guy had 620 catches. There's another player who also is receiver, Pickles, Carlos, who won Super Bowl MVP. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but he had a 1,000 catches. And he is eighth in playoff career yards receiving. That is Hans Ward. Hans Ward's got a 1,000 catches. He's got 12,083 total yards. Total yards. Uh, touchdowns, 85 to 36. Two Super Bowl MVPs, four Pro Bowls. Uh, that was from uh, Warren Sharp. He's a uh, pro football uh, analytics guy, okay? Stats and analytics, Warren Sharp. What I wanted to add to that is this guy played with Cordell Stewart. I'm talking about Hans Ward, everybody, who's not in the Hall of Fame. He's been denied five times. He made a semifinalist five-time in the Hall of Fame was Hans Ward, okay? He hasn't made the Hall of Fame yet. So, Hans Ward has got, let's go back over his stats again. He had Cordell Stewart, 
Tommy Matt Cordell Stewart was a, was like a, a better football player than an actual passer. They did win 13 games in 2001, but he had guys like Tommy Tommy Maddox come from the XFL guys. He had for half a, a Heinz Ward's career, he had Tommy Maddox, an XFL X, XFL guy, the first XFL, and he had Cordell Stewart, a guy that's not really the great quarterback. Not a great passer for half his career. Julian Edelman had the greatest quarterback of all time throwing to him. So I did the math. He played 10 years of Brady, 620 catches. He averaged less than five catches per game, and he's a slot receiver. Five catches per game, and he's a slot receiver. So, and Pickles... Carlos. On top of that, Julian Edelman has been suspended four games for PEDs. So he is not a Hall of Famer. If Hans Ward's not a Hall of Famer, which thinking about it more, he should be. If I, and by the way, he's one of the best blockers in the history of the game as a, as a wide receiver, blocking downfield. I like his story of uh, Julian Edelman, but you can't put Edelman in over Hines Ward. Hines has been the semifinalist Carlos five times and still hasn't got in. So my answer is, if you are Julian Edelman and you play with the greatest quarterback of all time by most, you and you play slot, which is a volume position of catches, you cannot have less than five catches per game. You cannot do that. We understand what you did in the playoffs and everything, but it simply does not add up if you're a volume catches guy with a short passing team. Uh, Hans Ward played on running teams. He played with, uh, like I said, Cordell Stewart and Tommy Maddox. They're not terrible players, but they're not Hall of Famers. And he did play with a Hall of Famer the last six years of his career. Uh, Julian Edelman was hurt often at times, and uh, availability versus ability. It is what it is, but he's just not, yeah, he's got blocked. They were running team, uh, multiple quarterbacks. I just can't put him in. Hold on, guys. Let me change out my, um, let me change out my thing. Okay, so there it is, folks. Julian Edelman is not, oops, Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer in my book. Okay, going through other NFL news, Jadavion Clowney gets second visit with the Browns. Note the Browns' odds of winning the Super Bowl are now eight. See the screenshot of Odds uh, by Cleveland. I'll tell you this. I mean, you put this guy with Miles Garrett and you get him in before training camp, Jadavion Clowney, and you'll do something. You know, uh, I, I I think that um, these guys this year alone, they've added John Johnson from uh, the Rams, Troy Hill from the Rams, Kendall Lehman from Tennessee. Larry, they re-signed. Uh, no, they lost him. Excuse me. Malik Jackson from Philadelphia. They're going to be a good team. They re-signed Richard Higgins. Now, can they play with the, uh, with the pressure being on? So Cleveland right now, if they get Clowney with Miles Garrett, Clowney has to play off of a, another great player like a J.J. Watt. He can't be the guy. You know, some of these some of these mock drafts have Jamar Chase maybe going to Miami. You want a rookie playing with a bunch of good veterans around him. You want a guy like a Jadavion Clowney who's not a number one, never will be the number one defensive guy on the team, uh, playing with a – J.J. Watt or a um, Miles Garrett level of player with great players around him, 
You have to keep this guy motivated. He's like a Dominican Sioux. Uh, he plays when he wants to. But this is Cleveland. This is not the best free agent destination in the world. They are very strong on the back end now. Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward will be back with John Johnson, this Troy Hill guy. They're going to have a good back seven. Somebody's asking me last week, before Jadavion Clowney, I picked them winning the North. And now really picking them winning the North and possibly making a run at the Super Bowl, one of the better lines in the league. Probably got the best offensive line in the AFC North, and that's saying a lot, you know. So this is interesting. They're going to meet up again tomorrow. I wouldn't give this guy, the, you know, I wouldn't give him uh, the uh, the moon. We know how he is. But if you got a decent, uh, if you get a decent price there for Clowney, get him in training camp, keep him in shape, keep him motivated. Uh, they got a shot to go pretty far in the playoffs, even without clowning. The Browns are doing big things. And Fox Bet has them at nine and a half wins. I'm thinking I'll take the over there, Pickles. I think they're a 10 or 11 win team. If they stay relatively healthy. Because I think Pittsburgh's going to take a step back, and I'm not really sure about Baltimore. They can't get receivers to go there. They have to overpay for everybody and draft players. But they do a good job doing so. Uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler James Conner signs with the Cardinals. Uh, that's okay. But, it, you know, playing him with Chase Edmonds, I think that'll be a pretty good fit there. In other news, I got a lot of stuff to talk about, folks. I don't know how I'm going to get to all of it, to be honest with you. Eddie George. Eddie George, former Tennessee Titan, takes TSU head coaching job, Pickles, never coached in the uh, college game, never been assistant coach in the college game, uh, nor the pro game. So Tennessee State University uh, here out of Nashville has hired former Tennessee Titan great and uh, former Heisman Trophy winner Eddie George to take the head coaching job at TSU. Eddie George is bringing on his former head coach of the Tennessee Titans in a advisory uh, role, Jeff Fisher. So, Pickles, that's what that's about. He brought in Jeff Fisher to be an advisory role. Jeff Fisher was on the Clay Travis show a few months ago uh, telling Clay and everybody listening or anybody listening, he would be interested in being a college head football coach for the University of Tennessee. So, also in news that Jeff uh, Fisher is going to bring on his son, Brandon, to be the defensive coordinator for the uh, TSU Tigers. So, you've got Jeff Fisher going to be an advisory role. Basically, he's going to tell Eddie George how to run things because George don't know how. George has been a, a an actor. He was on, um, oh, God, what was he on? Uh, Ballers, the show Ballers, and he does some, uh, he did some stage plays. Eddie George, yeah. So he's got uh, a lot of people are asking, well, are you trying to follow in the footsteps of Deion Sanders, who took on another HBC, which is historically black college in Jackson State? They are three and three now. Deion's had five years of experience as an assistant, so I got a little bit more faith that Deion would do good. Now, Eddie George working with Jeff Fisher and his son. Uh, they'll be physical. They'll play good defense, and they'll run the football. Now, Fisher is he um, bucking for college job. Now, he's a good salesman, and he probably would be good for college. Uh, he said he's been studying the college game the last few years. I'm sure as a professional, I'm not sure if he's got a job anymore. Uh, anytime soon in the NFL, his offense got very stale. He says he's willing to change and innovate and all that. We'll see. I will be keeping my eye on Eddie George because he was a big star here as a Tennessee Titan, and it's in my hometown. And other news, let's see. Have we done that? We've done that. Which other okay, Andy Eric Reed. Little sad note here. Eric Reed, Andy Reed's son, charged uh with 
felony DWI driving while intoxicated. Uh, this wreck left a five-year-old devastating with a brain injury, can't walk or talk. Now, I'll say this. People ask, did that affect his coaching in the Super Bowl? My answer is yes. It was a very sad situation. Uh, I would say that um, they're probably going to be a major lawsuit there. And it did fit Andy Reid's uh, coaching in that particular Super Bowl. I'll also say this. I didn't. I missed this story, Pickles, last week. You know, um, Tiger Woods, the black box in that vehicle, says that he was going 84 to 87 miles an hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, and the fanboys, the Colin Cowards in the media, says, well, Tiger Woods should not be getting uh, any kind of speeding ticket. Now, listen, I, before I say what I want to say, I do live in a glass house, so I'm not throwing stones. I've got speeding tickets as a dumb kid. I've got a reckless driving ticket. I've gotten wrecks, okay? So I'm not judging anybody. Uh, I've been made held accountable. Uh, I own up my actions when I've been in a hurry. I've, I've gotten out of tickets. I've gotten really bad tickets. I, I've had to go to driving school, get it off my uh, get it off my uh, uh, license for insurance purposes. So why why am I breaking this up? Because if Tiger Woods would have hit somebody, he could have very well pickles being in the same situation that Eric Reed is in. He was doing eighty five and a forty five. That's reckless driving. He flipped that car over an embankment. Now, Eric Reed, a son of Andy Reed, he's probably going to go to prison for this. And I know they're going to play a hefty lawsuit. He'll probably never uh, coach again. Well, I don't know. I know he won't coach with Andy anymore. I don't know if he'll get a job. And I believe in second chances and everything. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's, it's going to be a while there. But the question about Tiger Woods and high speed, he should not get athlete privilege. He shouldn't get superstar treatment. Me or you get me and you get a uh, we get a ticket for that. Regular, I love Tiger Woods. Love Tiger Woods. Love what he did. But I would probably, if it was up to me, I would give him a ticket. You know, we don't know what happened. There still hasn't. It seems like that's still under investigation. But I got a feeling the fact that he is a big celebrity, that things are probably going to, um, I don't know if they're going to see if he was on any kind of medication or what. But either way, uh, that's why I brought up the Tiger Woods thing, you know. Okay. Bouncing around. Okay, I did miss one other story. I almost I missed it Thursday, and I almost missed it today. Going back to the NFL, Jim Schwartz was hired as a defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. For those you don't know, he used to be the defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. He was also the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. For those of you who have watched this show for a while, you know that I don't really care for Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz was rumored to be criticizing and undermining Doug Peterson, and there was other reports that Doug Peterson was being micromanaged by Lori. Jeff Lurie, the, the uh, owner, doing ridiculous meetings, micromanagement meetings every single Tuesday about uh, the team and everything. That would have drove me crazy. With Tyler Roseman, the general manager. Jim Schwartz was supposedly undermining Doug Peterson uh, as a coach when they were working together with the Eagles. My criticism of Jim Schwartz is you can always throw on his defenses. They gave up, what, 400 yards in the Super Bowl and did win because they outscored the opposition. Tennessee, I do not see why a Tennessee who a, a Tennessee team that played bad defense and could not really stop the run last year, had terrible times uh, stopping the past. The past. Why do you want to bring in a coach whose secondary was horrible last year. Uh, he either plays too much zone or he plays too much man. 
Josh Travis, a friend of mine here, brought up the fact that he he normally runs a 4-3 in Tennessee, plays a 3-4. It makes no sense. He's supposedly, in air quotes, Pickles and Carlos, going to be a, um advisory board assistant to the defensive coordinator. We've got a new coordinator in here. Uh, has not been a coordinator before. I do not like this hiring. What this tells me is that um, Mike Vrabel don't fully trust the coordinator that he's brought in. So that is some reason for concern for me. Uh, as of right now, I don't like this. I'm leaning towards not picking Tennessee to win this division. But one thing, they're paying Ryan Tannehill $29 million in cap money next year. That's just the way the contract was rolled out. And for another thing, I'm not sure if they got enough players to help substitute the lack of pass rush that they had last year. Uh, with, is Bud Dupree going to be enough and the guy they got from the Indianapolis Colts? I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Hopefully, the, the pass rusher from the Miami Hurricanes will fall to Tennessee in the 20s. I'm not sure that's going to happen, or maybe the Michigan player that I just named earlier, but it looks like he's going to go the defensive pass rush out of Michigan in the top 10 to 15. So that's a lot to be said there. Uh, Melvin Ingram's still out there. They're going to meet as much as they can. Tennessee will be better against the run, but you'll be able to throw on them. You're going to be able to throw on Tennessee again. Not a big Jim Schwartz fan. Maybe a good guy. I'm not sure. I just remember when he got fired from Detroit and took over as a coordinator for Buffalo, and Buffalo beat Detroit in the regular season, he asked his players to carry him off the field as if it was their idea to carry him off the field, to show up Detroit. He's a very petty guy. Uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, when he was coaching the 49ers, shook his hand too hard. Uh, after a close game, and he was sitting there getting mad about that. i just not really a big Jim Schwartz guy. I don't know what these guys are thinking, wanting to bring back Jim Schwartz. It's just a lot more bad than it is good, you know? Uh, okay, going through all of my stories here, folks. Okay, there was a Masters being played the other day. Hideki Matsuyama. It sounds like Hideki Matsui, who used to be the uh, Major League Baseball player, Pickles, I think he played for the New York Yankees or whatever, but uh, uh, the Japanese native won the Masters on Sunday. Jordan Spieth, the player I picked to win, finished third. Now, here's my problem with golf. Here's my problem with golf, um, Pickles and, and Carlos, if you're still there, folks, is the reason why the ratings keep dipping. Uh, now, they're not as bad as they were in 2020 because it was in the middle of the football season. Remember, they had COVID. But there's not the same consistent players. We can't gravitate to uh, – a particular player because they're not winning on a consistent basis. For instance, okay, Jordan Speed finished third. Now, okay, that's good, right? Other superstars who are supposed to be a superstar or close to Tiger Woods, some call two Tiger Woods. Roy McIlroy didn't make the cut. Phil Mickelson, he's an older throwback guy. He finished 21st. And one of my personal favorites, Brooks Kepka didn't even make the cut either. So, that's the problem with golf is only time we've ever had a player to be consistent tournament in, tournament out, major in, major out was Tiger Woods. In the early 2000s, I was looking at the ratings. They're like 12, 15 million. Now they're like six to seven million. It's because people can't consistently follow these stars, Dustin, Dustin Johnson missed the cut. But these are the guys that had the potential, Pickles, to be a Tiger Woods-level player or close to Tiger Woods. Again, Jordan Speed finished third. He was the only one. Brooks Koepka and Roy McIlroy didn't even come close. In an ideal situation, if you're a golf executive for the Masters, you won't. 
Guys like Mickelson to be one or two shots off. Brooks Kepka to be in the top five with Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy on at least every other tournament. We can't get that in golf. That's why golf will always be like this. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, we would have players playing at the Tiger Woods level, uh, course in and course out. That's why the other sports are more familiar. That's why players that stay in college longer or go to a big college school like a Zion Williamson and come into the NBA, there's more following of that player. You know, yeah, Roy McElroy had a good year about good run about three years ago, and then he, he's he's on and off, on and off. Brooks Kepka looked like a world beater two years ago. He's in a slump. Jordan Speed, four years ago, he might be the next Tiger Woods. He's 20 years old. He wins two in one, in one year. This guy gets married and falls off the planet, finally made his way back onto the planet, won the tournament before uh, the Masters, and now he's finished third again. So, you know, I just, that's the problem with it, and that's why the ratings are really low. Kudos to um, Hideki uh, Matsuma. I'm sure we won't see again for another three years in a tournament. Okay. All right. Okay. Bounce going back to the NBA. Okay. Alex Rodriguez and billionaire uh, Mark Torrey have agreed to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves at for $1.5 billion. They technically won't be able to take control until 2023. 29 owners still have to sign off on it. Another pro athlete buys 50% of a NBA franchise. Other one I would think of be Michael Jordan. He owns a majority of the Charlotte Hornets. Other players around the NBA own little bits and pieces of ball ball clubs here and there. Guys like um oh god Jeter. I think Jeter owns part of the Marlins. I want to say uh LeBron owns a few percentage points of the Boston Red Sox, but this is 50% pickles. This is 50%. 50-50 for Alex Rodriguez. I looked up A-Rod, and he has made an estimated $475 million in his career. He was the first $250 million contract player that I've ever seen in sports. And my thing is, 30 years ago, pickles, 30 years ago, this is 2021, in 1991, would you ever have thought that a former player could buy a franchise and another player in pro sports buy half of a franchise? It's unbelievable. It's between the globalization of sports and just the natural growth, uh, more people being able to see the sports, more commercials being sold, more products being sold. And, you know, and it makes me think about again, with The Last Dance. The Last Dance talked about Scottie Pippen in 1991 signed a seven-year, $18 million contract. It was supposed to be big dollars. It was a long contract in 1998. The league had blown up so much after the 92 Olympics that he was the 122nd highest paid player. That's why he didn't rehab in 98. He wanted rehab on company time instead of his own time, and the rest is history. Stuff like fantasy and gambling have excelled this. So back in 30 years ago, if players would have started this political stuff of, put, of making social justice messages on the courts, I do not see the game being what it is today. Michael Jordan once said, Republicans buy sneakers too. Other words, I'm not going to go around and defend part of our bond audience for your cause that I don't really believe in. That's what he's really saying. You call him selfish if you want to, but he, this is a business. This is a business, and you could still do that stuff outside of the arena. You know, it's that plus getting the globalization where you do have other markets getting involved in professional sports. 
but the money is unbelievable, you know, and it, it, it's a cool thing to see that, that A-Rod has bought this Timberwolf team. Uh, I think they'll be aggressive. I think they'll probably put together a winner eventually. And like I said, this won't be coming into effect till 2023. But the fact that A-Rod has made $475 million over his career and the fact that uh, Scottie Pippen, now he did get a big contract. I want to say that um, Portland gave him some money after that. He's, he's doing okay. His son's playing, Scottie Pippen, bouncing around here, uh, playing for Vanderbilt University. And looks like he may get drafted into the NBA at some point. But that was a really interesting story there, I thought, that uh, these guys could pay that kind of money. Other NBA news. Okay, the Nuggets. The Nuggets are out of it. Uh, very sad news. Jamal Murray tore his ACL last night in a game. Jamal Murray. Uh, so this helps out the Lakers, of course. The Lakers have just been, they, they can't, you know, they have a bad run. Hey, by the way, Carlos, how about those Knicks beating those Lakers last night? Yeah, I sent something to Colin Coward. You were tweeting about the Lakers being back and everything after they blew out a flat Brooklyn team on Saturday night, only to lose to the Knicks last night. Last I checked, they were in a dogfight against the banged-up Charlotte Hornets team. But, but, the Lakers catch a break. Uh just Jamal Murray, Denver's a totally different team. Uh, they are a, 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 a totally, totally different team without Jamal Murray. I remember last year when they went into the bubble, their seating was way down there. Their seating was way down there. And then when they got Jamal Murray back, this team knocked out that Clipper team and uh, a few bad shots and beating that red-hot Laker team. Now they're going to get beat, put out in the first round. Uh, that's just the way it is. I know what's going to happen. I'm calling it right now. That's exactly what's going to happen. Denver, you cross Denver's name off the list for winning. It's very unfortunate. Okay. Zion Williamson. Okay. Just because I like John Morant better than Zion Williamson does not mean that uh dislike yeah yeah okay yeah you got a pretty good team there carlos knox payton noel uh emmanuel uh nestle quickly i like that team they're young they're feisty they get open zion williamson over the last few games is averaging 26.7 rebounds three assists this guy is a superstar in the making he's 280 pounds six foot eight he's still got to lose 25 to 30 pounds he's been hurt a few times this year Nothing like last year. Uh, this guy is a star on the rise. I want to acknowledge that. I do not think that he's a bust. I wasn't calling for him to be a bust. I'm just saying that I like Ja Morant better, uh, which I've been proven to be right so far that, uh, you know, this team is very young. They're going to need some veteran players with with the New Orleans there. Uh some are saying, I want to say it was Colin Coward, that maybe he don't take that first Supermax contract and he dips out after this rookie contract ends. Could be uh, the Pelicans have their hands full. Now, right now, they're not in the playoffs, I don't think. They might be in that playing game thing. But uh, Memphis is eight with John ja Morant, and they're still in the playoff with a bunch of nobodies. I've talked about that last week. But uh, Zion Williamson is a fun player to watch. But I don't know if he makes his teammates that much better. That's what I'm thinking about that. And, of course, going back to the Kevin Ollie. Kevin Ollie uh, is taking the job with this um, high school student pro prospect lead. It's called the um, – oh, what is this thing called? I can't remember now. It's the uh, elite prospects lead here. Hold on. I've got it screenshotted, actually. Almost forgot. I got everything screenshotted. I had to go through all my. The overtime elite league, which will feature up to 30 players, 16 to 18. This is what I was talking about before. Luka Doncic came 
from a professional uh, environment. He played professional basketball, 14, 15 years old, like a uh, uh, Tony Parker there for the San Antonio Spurs. So this is being tried out here. Now, this is the league I've been telling you guys about, Kevin Durant, the Daniel, uh, was it Dave, Daniel Stern, David Stern, the former commissioner, is involved in this league. This is a new thing here. Kevin Ollie, for those of you who don't know who he is, used to be the coach of Connecticut basketball team, won a national championship in 2014. Team hit a little bit of a slump once they got his players in there and uh, from the legendary coach that he replaced. Uh, long story short, they're still paying him back some arbitration, but he's going to take over and coach for these kids in this league here, this overtime elite league. And I told you this before, I'm totally for this. I'm to uh, The 30 best high school students in the country, uh, 16 to 18, I think this will make the NBA better. This will make the players more polished. We want players like Luka Doncic to be um, – Luka Doncic to be more polished. I'm thinking about the quality of the game, giving kids money. I understand be tough to coach them, the AAU environment, but there's going to be some growing pains there. Any way you shake it, it's still a good way to get players more polished uh, since they're going to stick with this one-and-done crap, maybe moving into the G League or maybe uh, be more ready to play in the NBA or they can stay with this league past 18. I'm not sure how they're going to work it. I think they'll probably, like anything, they'll probably adjust it as they go along. I do think it's a good idea. I do think that here in America right now, we're just trying new things. Coaches are they're, they're hiring players with uh, hiring coaches with, with, with no experience on football teams because of the big name and promotion. Uh, you know, you've got, you got uh, coaches and, and teams in NFL uh, making these wild trades to come up to get another quarterback when your quarterback has taken you to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but you're saying that this guy is injury prone and you feel like you can get the most out of him. I understand. So we're in a time right now where new things are being tried. You want to call it being a pioneer. You want to call it innovative. Hey, I'm willing to go with that. I'm willing to take a chance. Right. Yeah, Moses Malone, uh, Kevin uh, Garnett was the first that I seen. He Remember, guys, he came before uh, Kobe Bryant. But anyways, you guys, let me start. Oh, I just did start over. Okay, if you guys like my show, share my show. Uh, got a quick announcement to make here. If you want to donate to the program and contribute, this is a lot of hard work. Go to the Z-E-L-L-E -L -L -E app. You can um, the, donate to sports. The word sports, word S-K-O-P-E at gmail.com. That is how you can contribute to my program. Anything would be appreciated. Again, I'm working on the Patreon account. I'll talk to some digital marketers looking for trying to promote the show and get everything uh, going ahead. Just one other quick announcement. I love working with the guys Mac and Jack show on Sundays. I'm there 7.30 a.m. Central Time. They're on YouTube as well. Now, the Northeast Streaming Sports, uh, we got a little bit of a difference of opinion and, and vision going forward, so I'm no longer affiliated with that, but I've still got much love for those guys. Mac and Jack are great, still listen to our show, but I'm no longer uh, got different vision for Northeast Streaming Sports. I wish Mac and Jack and, of course, everybody with Northeast Streaming the best of uh, luck going forward, but uh, just a little bit different vision. Uh, Sports Scope is, uh, for right now, is going to remain an independent company. So if you're wondering why I'm not mentioning that, I just wanted to give you a heads up on that, everybody, Okay. So I will be back here Thursday, 9 p.m. Central Time, give or take a few minutes, everybody, okay? I'll be back here, and um, I'll be setting up that Patreon. I've, I've worked on a little bit. I may have to go to a digital marketer, probably get somebody to help me out, set that Patreon count up, 
It's really good for shows like mine. I appreciate everybody sharing my show, my YouTube folks, uh, YouTube channel. Look for Sports Scope Emblem. Uh, type in Sports S-K-O-P-E. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, everybody. It's the easiest to its uh, access and email back and forth to other people. So have a good week, a uh, good next few days. I'll be back Thursday. There's plenty going on, as you can see. I've got this stuff saved up. I will see you Thursday around 9 p.m. Central Time, give or take 10 minutes, everybody. Thanks. Have a good day. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Pickles. Yeah, yeah, I went with the, uh, I think that's a pink. It's not Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but I figured I'd just go with this different tone of pink, Eric. Have a good night, everybody.